Steve and Justin use YCharts for their winning investment research. So start your free trial now. And if you purchase, mention InvestTalk and get a generous discount at YCharts.com. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Thursday, January 31st, 2019, the last day of January, and it certainly has been a very good market month, right? After the worst December ever for the market. I'm Steve Peasley, and thank you for joining me today. Whether you're a regular listener or you're new to the program, we have a serious objective here. I always mention it, and that is to make you a better investor. Give the help you earn or achieve financial freedom. And when you think about it, as we've been discussing the last couple of days, what does, what financial freedom is is defined by you, not me. What's the financial freedom for you? Ultimately, ultimately, we all are working very hard. We all want to work works hard so that we don't have to work hard in the future, that we can, if we want to, cut back on our work. You want a fulfilling life. You want to have that comfort zone, wherever that is. And so for some, a fulfilling life is just continue working and working hard. And for others, it's not. It's for retiring early. It doesn't really matter what your definition of financial freedom is. It matters that you achieve it. And that's what this show is here to help you do. Now, today, I'm going to do my best to help you with that. One step at a time, one question at a time, try to give you financial information, have you participate in the play-by-play, back and forth to try to get educate everybody that's listening. That's our job. To do that, you have to be a participant, an active participant. And our number to ask any financial questions you want, it's 888-99-CHART. So we're pretty much deep into the earnings season. I mean, we're probably what? 60 65% done with their earnings reports, and they have been much better than expected, up about 16% on average. The expectation was less than 10%. And remember, the, the, the experts out there already try to guide you to better earnings than they think actually is going to come in. So they expect it to be less, much less than 10%. And you know, get you and get you to be surprised if it was a little bit over ten percent. Here it is at sixteen, much much better than expected. So they, they that's one of the reasons why the market's doing well. Okay, so one other reason why the market's doing well: Federal Chairman Powell is obviously looking at the markets, and we're looking at the world of economies, and he doesn't see inflation, so he has been, you know, he's been hinting that they might be. They are done raising rates for the short term, and they're going to be, quote, unquote, patient, whatever that means, patient. Amazon, stocks, the stock for Amazon increased in price this week, and they're reporting earnings after hours today, had a really good earnings, and after hours, no one cared. Didn't hardly do anything to help them. But they've had a good month. You know, they, you know, it is interesting, and we all know that China and the White House, the Chinese and the White House are in deep talks about trying to settle the 
trade dispute. There's a lot of pressure on President Trump to get this done. That would be very beneficial for the market if we can get that done. And remember, I've been saying, you know, this is the time to do it because China is, ha is having a problem, right, with their economy. It's not as strong as they hope it to be. And they are much more reliant on exports than we are, exports. And, you know, just so you know, their per capita GDP is $10,000 per person, okay? Ours here in the U.S. is $62,000 per person. That tells you the strength of our economy and strength of, you know, of our consumer class and theirs. The tr the why that we have a $20 trillion economy, they have about a $14 trillion. Their only reason is because they got so many people, a lot more people than we have. Anyways, those, those are the facts. Uh, Kohl's. Kohl's, brick and, brick, and mortar, brick and mortar retail sector. Kohl's. It's doing pretty well, up 4% or so, so far this month. They are in a collaboration with Weight Watchers. Weight Watchers. You know, lose weight. Kohl's says it will create a pilot community space in their stores. 1,800 square feet or so in their Kohl's Chicago store. Now, this is interesting. The space is going to host Weight Watchers wellness workshops for local Weight Watcher members. And then, remember, this news comes out when Macy's, JCPenney's, Nordstrom, and Kohl's are closing about a dozen stores altogether. So, the Kohl's, the name of the game is to drive store foot traffic for them. Now, it's just one tactic to defend against the continued onslaught of Amazon and online shopping. Stores, big box stores have to do something. And this is something that Kohl's is trying to make because, you know, they're suffering. These big box stores are suffering all over the country. So they got to do something. The malls of the, those that contain those big box stores are also suffering. Those malls have to do something. So I think this, I don't know if it's going to work. No one knows it's going to work. And, you know, notice how different this is. This is a whole different thing going on in, in their Kohl's store. It reminds me a little bit about what Walmart does and that, that and Target does. They have, and, and Costco, they have different services inside their store. You know, doctors, chiropractors, uh, a lot of medical services um, in like Costco's. In Walmart, you know, they have like, you know, different restaurants inside there, you know, fast food places. It's an interesting thing that the, uh, the, the metamorphosis of, of the stores. And, you know, gambling has been, ever been reliable investment vehicle, actual gambling, but millions of people will be gambling this weekend on the Super Bowl. You know, there's 300 different proposition bets available for the Super Bowl. Do you know what a proposition bet is? It's like, who will score the first touchdown? Or will the first score be a touchdown or a field goal? Or there's, you know, uh, who's going to catch the first touchdown ball? Will it be a pass or a run? I mean, all the, th the 300 different bets on one game, different kinds of bet. That's a proposition bet. Wow. It's pretty amazing. It's a pretty big event. Now, as you can tell, there's always market news and entertainment news too, but we need to get serious. So let's go ahead and grab a question from our anytime, anytime listener line number 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve. Good afternoon. This is Rob calling from Las Vegas. 
Thanks a lot for your show. I appreciate everything you and Justin do. I had a quick question about target dated funds. What are some of the pros and cons associated with them? I've heard on the show before that you're not a big fan of them. I think they automatically move you into a little bit more of a conservative allocation as you approach retirement. What are some, I guess, some of the cons more or less than that you see with these particular funds? Thanks a lot for your answer, and I will listen on the next show. Thanks. Bye-bye. Now, most of you who have 401ks knows what he's talking about when he says target-dated funds. Those are the funds you have in your 401k or 457, 403b that has a date that represents your retirement. So, you know, they have 2020, 2025, 2030, 2035, on up. And you pick the target date where it's closest to your retirement. And you're supposed to buy it and then hold it. And it's then automatic what it does. Now, this is why the main reason I don't like it. The main reason I don't like it. If you pick a date somewhere like, say, 2045, the fund, as you get closer to that date, will automatically sell your stock holding mutual funds and start adding bond holding mutual funds. But it does it automatically disregarding the reality that you're in at the time. What if you're at the time at the very worst time to invest in bond funds? In other words, interest rates are very, very low. That would be guaranteed to lose money in those bond funds. But because it's a target-dated fund, it totally ignores the reality that we're in. If the, at the time the interest rates are very high and that's when it moved into all these bond funds, then you're, you got lucky and it's going to make you a lot of money because interest rates are likely to fall. That's why I don't like it. They just ignore all the reality about there, and I don't like it. The other thing I don't like is a target-dated fund, mutual fund, buys mutual funds. So you have the cost of the target-dated fund plus the management cost of the mutual funds it buys, and yeah, that target-dated fund is really, really low, but it's still two costs. Don't like that. Two costs being added. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and let me remind you that we have a new offering, Invest Talk Academy. It's an online training class covering a wide variety of financial investment subjects, and we try to do it fairly in depth. You can learn more at investtalkacademy.com. Investtalkacademy.com. I do the classes every Thursday. Justin does it. We, we switch off every week. He does it Wednesdays. I do it Thursday. He does Wednesday afternoon. I do Thursday morning. But, of course, it's all there all the time. You can re-watch anytime you want. We're heading into the break. Give us a question. 888-99-CHART. The market continues to show ups and downs. And, of course, you want unbiased investing advice. So, Steve is here taking your calls live. 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART. That's our number. You can call and ask your question. We're going to go to Amicat in Cincinnati. Oh, man, I hope you're keeping warm there, Amicat. It is so cold over here, Steve. Good afternoon. <laughs> I, and thank I bet you so it is. much I for the knowledge for you, Justin, and the team. Well, I appreciate it. You want to talk about Best Buy? Yes, I wanted to ask you about Best Buy. Why do you think it's a good time to jump in and do you think to jump in and do you think 
Let's take a look at Best Buy. Uh, BBY is the symbol of everybody. It operates the leases 1,509 consumer electronic stores in North America with plans to open a li- you know open limited number in 2018, 2019. Um, it it's doing pretty well. It's still growing. It's one of the big box stores that are still growing. I mean, it's only growing in the single low single digit area. So that's you know that's tough. It's a tough situation, but. You know, it's going to make $5.18 next year. And then, I mean, this year, no, this year, $5.18. Next year, $5.48. And its earnings been consistently going up. So that's good. And it pays a 3% dividend at the same time. PE ratio is pretty reasonable. I mean, it's a $59.24 stock. It's going to make $5.48. So we're talking about a 10 or 11 PE, and that's the low of its range in the last five years. Very good cash flow, not a lot of debt. I I kind of like it in here. Uh, it's uh, you know, It bottomed right around $49 or so, then it's been moving up all of January. I, I At 3% dividend and with just you know some growth, I kind of like it. And they don't have a lot of debt. I, I kind of like it. Uh, a McCat. So uh, uh, this would be something I would consider buying. Okay. Appreciate the call. Thank you. 888-99 chart, everybody. 888-992-4278. What's on your mind? The market was mixed today. The Dow was down 15 points, which was, you know, it was down, I don't know, 60, 70, 80 points during the day. So it came back. The NASDAQ had a great day up 99 Points and the S&P was up 23, so the broader market was up today, capping a month of strength, right? Month of strength. We had this last recent week of hesitation, but it got that hesitation back today and yesterday and today, okay? So that's what's happening in the market, everybody. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. I invite you to consider subscribing to our KPP Financial Premium Newsletter. It goes out tomorrow, Friday morning, to all subscribers and all clients. Uh, we deliver it directly to the email box. Serious investors with a busy schedule will benefit from my analysis of the market news and trends every Friday. So in a quick read, you'll have an up-to-date roundup of the market and great and a little bit look forward you can subscribe at investtalk.com and on fridays i share some of the highlights in the newsletter and now i'm ready to make your questions 888-99-CHART welcome to the last day of january 2019 Super Bowl Sunday is just three days away, and you might be wondering what's going to happen with the market in February. Well, you're going to want unbiased investing advice, and Steve's here now taking your questions live. Call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. We're going to go talk to Mark in Newark. He wants to talk about mutual funds or ETS. What do you think, Mark? Mark, did we lose him? Yellow. I guess we lost him, huh? 888-99 chart. Let's talk about pending home sales. Oh, I'm sorry. We have another one. Let's go to Mike in San Jose. How you doing, Mike? 
Good, thank you, Steve. I was hoping you'd take a look at a company called Grub and give me your opinion, please. Well, it's Grubhub Inc. Sure, be happy to. It provides an online and mobile platform for takeout orders serving restaurants across the U.S. Okay, so it's an online and mobile platform for takeout orders or ordering food at restaurants. That's what it does. You know, what's really nice about this company is they make money. And they have made money for years. And they make, it's been consistently making more money the last five years or so. So this year, they're going to make $1.91 a share. Last year, they made $1.75. The year before, $1.20. The year before, $0.89. So they've been increasing their earnings every year. And they increase their, their, their sales growth is growing 49 to 52% for the last year per quarter. That's pretty impressive, really, Mike. It really is. Um, now, because it is impressive, it's an $80 stock only making $1.91 a share, which means that the P.E. ratio is pretty darn high, right? That's a 42 you know, P.E., 40, 40-ish, 42 P.E., uh, so it's kind of expensive. And return equity is a little light at 10%. Now, the stock has taken a big hit. It was 150 So you, everybody, I know you're thinking, uh, Mike, well, it took a big hit. So now maybe it's at a reasonable price. Well, it's only less expensive. I, I will say that. But with the growth that it's having, if it can keep this up, this would be a good buy point. But you have to realize <clears throat> you are paying up for the stock even at this lower price, $80 a share. But it doesn't look like it's bottom. A year ago, it hit about $68 a share. Then it hit it again in late December. So that would be called a double bottom. And that looks like strong support. So I think that you know it's, it won't drop below that number. You know, So if something terrible happens in the whole marketplace... I don't think it's going to collapse as much as it could because it's already done that. So this is a good buy point if you're going to buy it. Okay? Appreciate the call. That's Grub, everybody. Grub. G-R-U-B. Let's go to Daniel in Palo Alto. How you doing, Daniel? Daniel there? Boy, we're having troubles. Daniel, we lost Daniel? He wanted to talk about CAT. C-A-T-S is the symbol. CAT-C uh, Inc. And I don't know what he wanted to talk about. Uh, provides data. And a... Okay, well, uh, if uh, Danny you want to talk about it, give us a call back. Apparently it dropped off. Let's go ahead and talk to Mark. How you doing, Mark? What do you want to talk about? Mark? Newark, Mark. Mark. Newark, Mark. I guess maybe we're having lots of see we're having lots of rain out here in Southern California, and for everybody else uh, across the country, rain is really difficult for us. We can't handle it here on the West Coast. Rain, oh my God, <laughs> yeah, we never see hardly any rain. So, so when it does rain, everybody falls apart. All our systems are, fall apart. Anyways, uh, let's talk about pending home sales. Pending home sales dropped in December, despite interest rates, you know, coming from four five percent for a thirty-year fix to four and a half percent, and homes pending sales still dropped, two point two percent. Less fewer contracts were signed, 
in December. And pending so but the pending home sales index was down a dramatic almost 10%, 9.8% compared to a year ago. Now, I've been talking for months that the housing market was looks like it's cracking. And it just hasn't it still does. Still does. Now, the realtors are blaming the stock market in December and weak affordability. Well, I can buy the weak affordability, but it looked like the market was already having trouble, the housing market, uh, before December. Uh, I think it's just a matter of, you know, a, more of a matter of the affordability issue. You remember, everybody's fully employed. So everybody who wants a job can get a job. So it's a matter of how expensive that house. Now, when interest rates go down, it makes it a little bit more affordable. So I have a feeling in the January's number or February number, we actually will see an improvement in the housing market. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying strength. I'm saying improvement from weakness because of the interest rates falling. We'll see. We'll see. Tomorrow on Invest Talk, an estimated 17 million people may miss work on Monday. That's huge after the Super Bowl. Surveys suggest planned sick outs could cost employers about $4.4 billion in lost productivity. They better plan on it because it's going to happen. We're going to talk about that tomorrow. But now I'm Steve Peasley and I'm ready to take your questions at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. Made possible by KPP Financial, where every investor has an opportunity to determine their risk tolerance by using a free online tool at investtalk.com. It's called Riskalyze. Riskalyze offers valuable technology that will pinpoint with unmatched accuracy a client's acceptable level of risk. So know this, your first step to greater financial success is taking a short Riskalyze risk questionnaire. Steve and Justin can use the results to ensure that the risk in your portfolio becomes aligned with your investment goals and expectations. In other words, your particular financial situation. So why wait? You can get started controlling your investment destiny right now at no cost. Go to the Invest Talk menu link at investtalk.com, scroll down and click on Risk Questionnaire. Steve and Justin are always grateful when you make Invest Talk a part of your daily routine. And their unbiased guidance can be an invaluable aid to your efforts at building a strong portfolio. The phone lines are open. Steve is here and he's ready for your questions. 888-99-CHART. Hi, this is Kevin. I'm a stock market neophyte. I just began investing in August of last year. And, uh, you know, I've made a lot of rookie mistakes. But since discovering you guys, I've been becoming a smarter investor. And I thank you. I listen to you every morning on the way home from work. My question is, I have two brokerages. One is through my bank, Chase. And one is, uh, you know, one of these online commission-free brokerages. Unless you have a full-service brokerage, why would anybody want to have a brokerage that they're paying a commission on when there are commission-free brokerages where you can trade for free? And uh, I'm wondering, is there a downside? Is there a risk? Uh, you know, what happens if one of these online trading companies goes out of business? How do I get my stocks? Um, what's the downside? I'll listen to your answer on the podcast. Thank you very much. 
there is not a lot of downside as long as the brokerage firm you're using is SIPIC insured, SIPC insured, is it a, a governmental insurance on that broker? Whoever the custodian of your money, holding on to your money, as long as it's SIPIC insured, you should be fine. Sipping insurance covers up to $500,000. So if anybody tries to steal your money or if they go bankrupt or whatever, you have coverage for that. Okay, so a big house like J.P. Morgan and Goldman Sachs, they really service the big boys. You, they'll take your money. They'll be happy to use it. But you're not going to get a lot of you know, personal attention, Okay. So the cheaper online brokerage firms, I like, you know, E-Trade, I like TD Ameritrade, that's my custodian I use for my clients. You know, there's there's a lot of them that are very good. And, you know, Schwab, even Schwab, you know, they have a great website. Um, there's absolutely no reason for you to pay full, full bore, full commissions or anything with the big boys. There's no really benefit. Now, be honest, they have a lot more research that they could provide. They have a lot more uh, back office support. But you, the little guy, you don't need that. You really, you know, they don't even want to be bothered with you. They just want your money, to be honest. Okay, so, no, I see no I see no reason why you should have a big company brokerage firm unless you have millions upon millions of dollars. Okay, sure. If you have a million dollars or more, you will get their attention. But they're really servicing the huge companies and huge pension plans and, you know, the, the big money people is what they concentrate on. Not you. Good question. 888-99-CHART, everybody. 888-992-4278. Okay. Europe's growth engines are really suffering. They have two major countries in Europe where there's their growth engines. And I've already talked to you about Germany. Germany is the number one. France is number two. Now, France's economy grew 1.5% in 2018. Now, compare that with ours now. Ours is what? Three. Uh, uh, now, that's a significant slowdown from 2017, which was 2.3%. Germany's Germany's forecast for 2019 is 1% from 1.8% this year. So both those countries are, you know, the growth rate is shrinking fast. And why? Why is that? Well, France, to me, it's kind of obvious. They have strikes every weekend and they destroy properties and, you know, they're, they're, they're striking against higher taxes and more government uh, oversight that they get now it seems like I think they've reached they meaning the people in France have reached their limit here about the intrusiveness of government but yet they still want free stuff <laughs> right they still want free everything now Germany is a little bit different but you know protectionism is a problem you know with look at us we're doing it with raising tariffs we're, we're participating in protectionism we might be the leaders of that that uh, movement, okay? We're hopefully, you know, remember China is a big trading partner with Europe, especially Germany. Germany has a, an export-oriented economy, and China's one of the biggest customers. So when China's slowing down, that's a problem. So therefore, our any trade deal that we can work out with China will help the entire world. 
So I'm hoping we'll, we'll achieve that not too many weeks or months down the road. But the weakening Chinese demand has really affected them. So your, your economies now uh, expect the eurozone to grow 1.5% in this year, the whole zone. Not just France or Germany, but the whole zone, only 1.5%. And that's the slowest it's been since 2014. So there are problems in Europe. It won't take much to push France and Germany into recession. And if they go into recession, you by all means, the whole EU will be in a recession. And we're not, we're not even talking about the problems the, the Brexit is. And if that happens without a trade deal with Brexit, man, that's going to be very stressful on the economies. Very stressful. And for a variety of reasons. Remember, the, Britain is a pretty decent-sized economy, lots of trade with Europe. And what if they don't have a deal? They'll, trade comes to a, a screaming halt because they don't have a deal. So that's what's happening. Well, the rain seems to be disrupting our live calling capabilities. We have a couple lines are down. I'm telling you, I am not. I am dead serious when I say rain. Any heavy rain here in Southern California it is it puts a strain on all our systems. We can't handle it. So I want you to bear with me a little bit, if you will. I appreciate that. But let's go ahead and take another question that came in earlier at eight 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 ninety nine chart. Hi, Steve or Justin. This is Mike out in Denver. I uh, love the show. I just had a question about um, United Natural Food and Company, UNFI. Um, I saw they kind of tanked over the last six months, and I was just wondering if now would be a good time to buy as they seem to bounce back a little bit. Look forward to hearing your answer on the podcast, and thanks for everything you do. Bye. Try to remember that every company has bounced back, almost every company, because of January. So don't get too excited because it bounced back up a little bit in January because it's just following the whole market. Let's see if it has enough horsepower on its own to keep going up. United Natural Foods, Inc. Okay, number one little red flag. It's very small. Only 672 million market cap. That's that's um, that's a micro cap company. Okay. Um, it could be considered small cap. It's right on that hub there, whether it's small or micro. Okay. Good soon. Good signs. They're making money. They've made money for years. Bad sign. In 2018, they're going to make. They made three dollars and eleven cents. In 2019, the estimate is $1.71 per share, from three dollars and eleven cents down to $1.71. That's almost 50 percent. Okay. There's why it went from a $42 stock all the way down to what? Uh, 12, uh, 11 ish not 10 ish here at the end of december and now today it's at 13 it's coming back now you can't look in the rearview mirror and say well it's not so bad i don't necessarily want to get it. no we look forward well what is it going to do next year well that's going to be a dollar 77 so there's not a lot of growth in earnings how about sales sales growing Sales looks like they're about 11 to 15%, and they just picked up to 17% in the most recent quarter. So that's good, even though earnings were down from the year-ago quarter. That kind of concerns me. Why would sales go up and earnings go down? That means profit margins got squeezed somehow. Well, what does United Foods do? Well, it distributes natural organic groceries, produce, perishables, 
are they are in the U.S. and Canada? And is competition causing that? What's causing that squeeze in profits? You know, sales go up 17%, but profits only go up 4%? Hmm. Why? Now, the P.E. is very low. Okay, uh, it's a $13 stock going to make $1.77. So, that's pretty good. I mean, we're talking about, what, 7, 8 P.E.? Now, turn in equity is only 9%. That's not very good for a small company. You'd like to see a lot higher. Uh, debt's not very high. That's good. See, it's got goods and pluses and minuses for this company. Pluses and minuses. Um, I would want to find out why profit margins are being squeezed. What happened? That would be the main thing I would look at. And if the profit margin is being squeezed because they bought some company and they folded it in or they, they expanded and made another new warehouse and that kind of squeezed their profits, you know, you got to find that out. And if, if, it's, if they are building a new warehouse to support growth or they bought a company that is going to boost their growth, okay, then I, I'll have okay with that. If profit margins got squeezed because comp- competitors came in, they had to lower prices, that I don't like. UNFI. I'm Steve Peasley, and we stream and broadcast Invest Talk live in the 4 o'clock hour Pacific time, every weekday, Monday through Friday. And, uh, you know, it's always available, though. The show, 24 hours, seven days a week. You can you can look, you can can listen to our, our podcast archive there. And, of course, you can listen and subscribe to Invest Talk Podcast at iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. I hope you'll tell your friends and family members about Invest Talk. I really do. I would appreciate that. And now the lines are open. At least we're trying to have them open. Got, not all of them are open, but enough of them are open. So don't don't worry. Just give us a call if you have a question. We'll get you. We'll get you on. Uh, and please be patient with us. I appreciate that. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial, where they describe their services as independent thinking, shared success. And this philosophy is why KPP Financial can be of great value to investors. KPP principals Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are committed to unbiased guidance. They don't upsell clients into expensive and questionable investments. Instead, Steve and Justin provide honest opinions and proven strategies based on the individual's current portfolio and risk tolerance. Working with KPP Financial, you can be assured of consistent dedication toward the goal of helping you achieve financial freedom. You can get things started with a phone call or a simple message through investtalk.com. The Invest Talk radio and podcast continues now. The phone lines are open. Call with your questions. 888-99-CHART. Hello, Steve and Justin. This is Bob. Thank you for the education you guys provide on a daily basis, Monday through Friday, with regards to the stock market. And you are educating me. I've listened to you guys straight for about three months. Here's my question. In mid-December, I pulled my money out of my 401k. How do I figure out when it's time to move out of cash and go ahead and go back into my 401k? Is it when we cross over the 200-day moving average? It goes back up above that. Or can you give us some signals on how to time moving my money out of the 401k? I know that you can't time the markets, but I do listen to you and one other person on a daily basis. So I, 
I get educated on what's happening with the market, but I just don't, you know, we don't talk about the 401ks enough, and I wanted to find out when to put my money back in, and maybe back out again if, if we're going to what looks like could be a recession later in 2019. So thank you for your education. Bye-bye. Okay. First, I might suggest don't ever get completely out. Um, especially if you don't have the knowledge of when to get in, when to get out. Trying to time the market does not work. It really does not work. Over long periods of time, it does not work. Over short period of time, it can work. But I would suggest never try to get completely out unless you have a lot more knowledge. Now, now that you're out, um, I would start very carefully dollar cost averaging back in the market, meaning put a little bit in every pay period like every two weeks. If when the S&P 500 goes above the, the two, it's 200 day moving average, and right now that's about 2750, 2750, and right now it's at 2704. When it goes, that is a long-term buy signal. When it goes below the 200, that is a long-term sell signal. Some people use that as their long-term in and out. And over you know, 20, 30 years, it has worked pretty decently. But my my own personal experience is that, you know, you can only hedge your bets. You shouldn't get out of your bets totally, your, your investments. You should not. There should be a group of core holdings. And in a 401k, that group could be, you know, uh, uh, a large cap value fund that you might have, and that's 20% of your portfolio, and you'll never sell that one. You see, that would be a core holding. If it's a group of stocks, it would be stocks, you know, Johnson Johnson, AT&T, and, you know, big blue chip Pfizer's and, you know, FedEx, Nike, you know, all a lot of variety over a bunch of sectors and a handful of stocks you're just going to hold on to. That's how I would do it. It's, you know, it's a learning, you know, you're just starting and it's a long-term learning process. I still learn stuff. You will learn stuff forever. That's one reason why I like it so much. You will always learn something new. Every market's a little bit different, a little bit different. This is Invest Talk, everybody, and I'm Steve Peasley. The week is moving pretty fast since we only have one more day tomorrow before the Super Bowl weekend. Anyways, we still have about 10 minutes remaining in today's program, so I'm willing to I'm willing, wanting, and hoping to take your calls at 888-99-CHART. The next Invest Talk, an estimated 17 million people may miss work Monday after the Super Bowl. And those sick outs could cost employers $4.4 billion in lost productivity. That story tomorrow. But now Steve is here, ready with answers, but he's waiting for your calls. 888-99-CHART. Okay, our listeners are persistent. And we are going to try to get to a live question. Let's go to a line two, Frank in San Mateo. He has a follow-up question on UNFI, United Natural Foods, Inc. How you doing, Frank? Uh, hi, Steve. If you don't... Uh, hi, Steve. If you don't... Uh-huh. Well, he started. 
and then we lost him. I can't believe that. That's bad. That's really bad. Let's go to Jerry in Palo Alto. I'm sorry, Frank. Let's go to Jerry. Are we having more technical difficulties, guys? I think we can't get to the callers. Jerry wanted to talk about AUY, uh, and that's Yamada Gold. Um, and I wrote about that in the newsletter today about gold. Uh, actually, I put it, I'm going to put a section on the, on the website, too, about gold. And, you know, what's driving gold? Why? And it doesn't act with the market. Now, what's really interesting, gold, Yamada Gold is, uh, is a AUI simple Canadian company engaged in mining and exploration of gold and silver properties in different parts of the world. Anyway, it's done very well. It's been shooting up, but gold has been doing very well. The price of gold. There are things that drive gold. What's interesting is just gold goes its own way. Yes, it's going the same way as the market is right now. Okay, the last couple of weeks. But generally it doesn't. The market fell in December, worst December ever, right? But gold went up in December. So it goes its own way. So what's driving gold? Well, there's only three major things that pushes gold up. Uh, and that is fear, the dollar weakening, and inflation. Those are three major things. We don't have inflation. The dollar is weakening somewhat, but gold has been moving up longer than the dollar has weakened. So that's not necessarily the driver, but it will be a driver. But I think the driver is fear. The fear. Think about what's fearful out there in the marketplace, investors. You got the Chinese trade. You got the the Brexit. You got uh, um, the IMF, International Monetary Fund, lowering worldwide growth for economies. Europe is, you just heard me talk about France and Germany and the rest of the EU, their, their growth is going down sharply. We know that China's growth has gone down. So I think that's what's more driving gold than anything else, fear. And until some of those fears go away, I think, I, I think gold's going to do okay. I mentioned back in December uh, that I think in 2019, I mentioned into my annual letter to our clients, that I think gold is going to have a decent year this year. Gold will have a decent year. That's what I think of gold and AUI, Yamada Gold Mining Company, which is a $2.6 billion size company, is going to participate in that. It's as simple as that. Okay? Sorry about the lines, guys. I know it's difficult. Um, rain has been a bigger problem than we thought. Uh Let's go to another question that uh, that uh, that came in earlier. 888-99-CHART. Hi, Justin and Steve. Love the show. Thanks for everything you guys do. I had a question. You were talking about Tesla, I think, the other day. And I wanted to know your thoughts on if you're holding Tesla stock. Uh, cut your loss and sell if you think they're headed toward bankruptcy. Um, just curious uh, what you would do in that scenario. So thanks again. I'll listen on the show. Bye. Uh, no, we don't own Tesla stock. As a matter of fact, in one of our managed accounts, we short it. We are short, meaning we think it's going to go down. Um, it's been struggling sideways for about a year now. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I don't, I'm not betting that they're going to go bankrupt. I, I don't, I don't want to say that. But they have huge debt, 
huge debt, and they have said that their sales in the first quarter of this year are not going to be as strong as the fourth quarter in 2018. Uh, they say they have enough money to pay off the couple billion dollars debt that's coming due here shortly. Okay. <laughs> it's it's a concern. Um, we think it's way overpriced. You know, there's no, you know, in 2018, they're going to lose $1.33. Okay, next year, to this year, I'm sorry, their estimate is to make $6 a share. That's a $307 stock. $6 a share? Wow, that's a huge P.E. ratio for a car company. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program, and I thank you for your loyal support and questions. Tomorrow, I'll have highlights from the KPP Premium Newsletter. Hopefully, our phones work better. Have a great evening, everybody. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, Call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.